how it was but okay whatever okay welcome guys this is our first episode of better globally today it's a very special day it's our first episode first of all and we got eduardo moya here chief marketing officer of heyday marketing which is a uh, the best marketing agency in miami located in coral gables we're in their cute charming office right here in Gables. So yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Ben. Thank you for coming to the office. <laughs> My pleasure. What do we got on deck for today? All right, so I just want to help our viewers get to know you a little better because I already know you yep. and you have accomplished something that is like very notable. So let's start with the beginning. Like how did it start? Maybe what was your first job, your first business? All right, so this was some time ago. Uh, thank you for, you know, seeing me in that light. Uh, believe it or not, I, I don't see myself like that for whatever reason. Uh, it is humbling at the same time, and I still feel like I have a long way to go. Um, but on that note, it, you know, I think it started like everything else, and it was just on a whim, you know, just, you know, I started off at 14 years old, and started my first job which is actually in dandy bear in west kendall a lot of my friends know that and i was going to middle school and i just started working my sister came home one day and she said listen you want to get to work they're looking for somebody for the weekend i said sure and then i started saving up money and i started learning the appreciation of money and how much it costs getting paid six dollars an hour um i did that for four years i was able to save enough money to buy my car um and throughout that little process towards the end i had a daughter and i was able to pay some child support uh after that I kind of went into a sales, you know, a sales um, company, which where they sold timeshares. I was there for four years as well, too. And I learned a lot of uh, leadership skills and, um, you know, selling and marketing. And then kind of just jumped into uh, medical field, diagnostic center, going door to door. I would go speak to doctors. Uh, all day long and I kind of learned how to present in person and then from there I went to a telecom tech company which I learned all the back-end stuff how to create websites you know actual systems CRMs and all that stuff and I had a call center in Venezuela with like 45 employees and I've always said that all of my jobs from one point to another kind of molded me for what I'm doing today. You know with the original one it, it created the foundation and the value of money with my second job it sharpened my skills on sales and leadership uh my third with diagnostic center sharpened my skills on in-person presentation and talking to people who are older than me i wasn't afraid of that with my fourth it kind of like molded me on the on the on the techno technological side where i learned you know back end and you know what i was saying earlier and then you come here to marketing with what it is today which with social media and websites and crms and ad campaigns and all that stuff and you kind of just have this pot of all these skills i've learned you know it took me about 12 years um mixing in that needed to be fine-tuned and you know here we are Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like all the experiences eventually like shape who you are. And I think marketing is like a very broad field and knowing marketing itself is probably not enough, especially if you want to be like a leader in a company, which you definitely are. Um, I want to, for the viewers that may not really know what timeshares is, I remember you telling me this story and I think it's pretty interesting. So if you could maybe sure, I'll, I'll, explain I'll make a, a little I'll make bit it more quick. in detail. 
so pretty much a timeshare is, you know, the, what you hear about all the time in uh, South America, Central America. In this case, it was in Mexico. Um, and the sales strategy that they use is to the T to get you to buy something like, you know, they have thought about everything in advance before you even, you know, before you even considering it. So the process is pretty simple. You start with something at a very high price point with little value and you go mixing it and matching it. Right. So then as you're negotiating with the person right there, on the beach, in front of the unit they would potentially be buying. You start a studio unit at 100 grand and you start with one week a year. And then you go adding value to it and you go lowering the price. It gets to a point that the person feels like you've worked so much for them that they can't say no. So you end up paying the regular price, it was about $25,000, for what you would have originally gotten if they would have pitched it to you from the beginning, which is two weeks a year, plus some other perks and benefits that they get. And they would close people all day long. So that's not my preferred way of, of, you know, so to speak, selling. I really don't feel like I sell anything. I feel like we just help people. Uh, and we make money as we go. Uh, so it's not something that I was very proud of at the time. It's not something that I liked, but it was very interesting to see how people reacted to you getting something for them done when they thought it was impossible. And you come back to the table and say, listen, I was able to lower the price. What now? No, I need another week. Let me go talk to my manager. I got you two more weeks. What now? So they put you in a very awkward scenario for you to say yes. How old were you back then when you were doing this job? I was 16, 17, 18, 19. And how did it feel to like, I feel like you were selling something in such a like big price point, especially for this age where you're like uncomfortable with the numbers or how, how did you feel about it? Because, you know, usually when people start in sales, this is, this is like, I don't know, $1,000, $500, maybe 2000 But what you were doing is like basically selling stuff that was like 25 k or even more. Yeah, there's a very big difference because I was put into a system that was already selling that. So when you're being put into a system, it's easy. You know, you just, you know, read the guidelines and you add your sauce to it. When you're going off on your own, it's very different. You start off at a lower price point or whatever the case is. Um, and, and that's something I've always been a very systemic person. I work very well in teams and I work, uh, you know, I played, you know, high school football and, you know, I love organized sports. Um, I was at one point I was going to go to the military just because I am a person Damn. that I bond and I like the, the camaraderie and I fit perfectly into systems. Creating your own path is much harder, you know, uh, you know, doing stuff that no one's ever done. Or in this case, you know, I never knew nothing about a marketing agency. Uh, and there was a lot of errors on the way that, you know, you look back and you said, I should have listened to that person. Or I should have done this some other way. But sometimes I think just, you know, blowing cash and making mistakes is the only way to learn. Um, hopefully, maybe not. Maybe some other people can learn from this. Uh but, um, you know, it, it's, it's not easy. And I think you just kind of like you start understanding your value, you know, more and more and more. And you start seeing the results you're getting and you start noticing that you're actually helping people. And then you start, you know, seeing how much time you're investing into it and saying, okay, I need to get compensated more for this. Or not even so much that you want to get compensated more. You just want to grow your team or get to another level. So you need to start adjusting, you know, your prices. Another question I have is you went basically into a sales job and you know, sales job is probably one of the jobs that can make you a lot of money because 
you basically get paid for your results on the commission based. So was this something that you were considering before even applying for this job that you wanted to, okay, I want to make a lot of money. I'm going to go into sales because this is where money is. I can really go off of like an hourly rate, let's say. No, not necessarily. So um, I never, I was never, it might sound crazy. I was never a money motivated person. Uh, it's never been something that, you know, I think it just happens. I've always been very uh, results driven. So, I mean, I just like the pat on the back. I like seeing everybody around me uh, do good. I like seeing, you know, in this case, clients do well. Um, I'm very competitive. So when you put me in a sales environment, naturally, you want to be better than everybody else. Yeah, so I was always yeah. top three in sales. And I think that drove me more than the money. It was just like, all right, I'm good at this. I got the skills. I like it. It's cool. I can talk. People, you know, they, 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 they get along with me. Um, so it just kind of like just happened to, you know, just kind of the glue just was just there. I've seen other people who are very great salesmen uh but they just don't have the 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 consciousness of yeah. you know not screwing people over and that's kind of like what separates me i don't want to screw anybody over you know i would rather lose money and make sure that someone is happy um than make money and then they go and you know they're not satisfied um uh, for whatever reason, that's just the way I've, 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 you know, I've always liked to structure myself. I feel like it's very important to be a man of your word. Um, I'm not a perfect person by any way, shape, or form, um, but I do, you know, strive to be too good by what I say. Makes sense. Um, so, Heyday has been founded in 2015, so it's been eight years. And I feel like for a lot of businesses, especially digital marketing agencies, this is like a long time, you know, because so many people want to start social marketing agency that basically like, you know, they either don't get clients, so they stop or they get clients, but like then just stop because I don't know, it's not a viable model, model for them. And you guys have been around for over eight years. So what I'm interested in is like, how did the stages of growing Hedy look like? Cause I'm sure, not everybody, everything was that good as it is now from the beginning and it went through, you know, its own ups and downs. So if you could tell a story about how did that go? Sure. So uh, the worst thing you could ever do is open a marketing agency. I'd probably start from there. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stress. I mean, just think about it. You know, people are paying you to make them money. People are paying you to bring people through their doors. Um, there's no secret formula. There's no magic pill. It's just, you know, trial and error and learning and understanding your audience and all that other fun stuff. Uh, I can get into the weeds of that later. Um, from the agency perspective, I think, the most important thing you can do is have good people around you, good staff around you, and have a great team. It took me a while to understand that. Before, we used to just, you know, in the beginning, hire, you know, the cousin's friend or the guy just graduated, or, and it was just like to fill a hole in. And yeah, sure, let's go. And, you know, I'm a very trusting person. Um, and, you know, we went with it. Not a good uh, process. You know, you really need to bet your people, make sure you're putting the right people around you. That would take you a long way. Uh, and I noticed that as we opened up our internship program and I noticed that we were getting good talent and whenever we had a good talent, it would just take the agency to another level, another level, another level. So, okay, there's something here. So I made it a focus of bringing good people on board and, uh, you know, stopping from our previous way of the way we used to try to hire people. Uh, from a client's point of view, I mean, 
you know, we had an office in a top, second floor of a dealership. I, I avoided in a, every way, shape, or form for someone coming to the office. I didn't want nobody to come to the office. You know, there was homeless in the parking lot. You know, it wasn't like a, a place you wanted to be in. Um, so I always made it a point to go to clients' offices, you know. Um, and and then from there, we you know, we moved two more times after that until we finally had our, our nice office in, in the Gables area. And it just changes the whole dynamic. Uh, we still provide the same quality work, the same customer service. Uh, we're just much more seasoned. We're smarter. We have more network. Uh, we have a bigger resource pool. Um, and we still like to guarantee our work. Um, the hardest thing is scaling, you know, uh, finding clients is easy, uh, finding employees is extremely difficult. Uh, finding good employees, it's much harder. Um, keeping them here, it, I mean, people like our environment, it's fun, uh, we, we, we treat each other like family, uh, but it is a lot of work and you get, you know, grinded down. Um, you know, there's always ups and downs and I think to, to what I personally like is that I love the journey. Um, there's real no, there's no real destination. Even from before, I was like, you know, we do this and, you know, we mess up. Fuck it. We had time. We have fun with this. You know, it is what it is. And we go our own ways. And if it does well, then, you know, it does well. Great. It was, you know, I've always been a very risk adverse person, a very carefree person. Um, so I think that kind of go hand in hand with my leadership uh, skills or, or model here. Uh, I think that, that would be, you know, that. Yeah, I think... Honestly, I also had experience in running a digital marketing agency and I know how this model works more or less. And I think this is like one of the biggest struggles when it comes to scaling the agency because getting clients is actually not that hard. But like once you start getting clients, you know, if you do it on your own, it's like hard to uh, hard to handle it at some point. So you have to hire a team and hiring a team is very problematic because, you know, you can someone that you hire and they are not good for the job they basically are losing you money actually instead of making it so i think this is one of the disadvantages i would say it's kind of like what comes first the chicken or the egg so yeah. what do you do first do you load up on good staff and good employees or do you wait to get big clients to then get your staff and employees or do you get cash flow to then get staff and so it's kind of like you have to bet on yourself at one point, you know, um, and that's what we did. We just bet on ourselves. So that was it. I said, "Listen, we're gonna do this," and I go back. If we fail, we had fun with it, and if not, you know, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is, what do you believe is the number one skill that helped you achieve the success that you achieved so far? And is it also like one of the things that you just mentioned that being like the very carefree, being very risk averse, uh, adverse? So that's like a, that's a double edged sword, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's burned me many times and it's helped me many times. So, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend to be like that, you know, and, and if you are like that, you need to have a balance. Uh, and I recommend having someone by your side that can, you know, balance you out. Um, cause sometimes you make really bad decisions and then other times you make really, you know, lucky decisions. Uh, I've always been a very lucky person. Uh, and I think people say, you know, what is luck? And I think it's just, you know, when opportunity meets preparation. And yeah. that's what people call luck. Uh, so I put myself in position. Uh, what's helped me scale is 100% networking. People want to see you out there. 
people uh, have been accustomed to, you know, social media and the digital world, but that will never replace a personal relationship, a face-to-face relationship. So I've always made it a point to be available, see people face-to-face, go visit someone's business, bring them over here, create a relationship with them. That's probably my number one um, advice. The other thing is get good people around you. I know I don't want to beat a dead horse, but... I started with the intern program. So I went to FIU, went to Miami Ad School, went to Miami Dade, found out how to you know, start the process, found out uh, what I got to do, sign up the agency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we started getting you know, internships. I also did very good SEO on our website for interns. So when you look up internships in Miami, internships for designers, internships for copywriters, it's gonna come up. we're one of the first ones that pop up. People don't think like that. Um, and that's helped us, you know, uh, you get to go and see what type of talent you have. All right. My next question is, did you go to college? Oh, I did go to college. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't think my bad. I, I kinda... did go to college. You want to ask it again or you're good? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. We'll keep so going. I did go to college. Okay. I changed my major twice. Um, From what, what were the majors? Uh, I started off with You look like arts kind marketing. of guy. Huh? You look like arts kind of guy. I liked art when I was like <laughs> in elementary school, but I started off with uh, marketing, believe it or not. I started taking a couple classes. This was back in 2008. And then I just said, this is common sense stuff. You know, this is not something here. You know, I was kind of like, you know, I kind of knew this. And I'm a very impatient person. You know, I like to see things fast. I like to see results fast. That's just, again, that could that could help. That could not help. Um, and then I switched my major. I, I had a macro and microeconomics class. I had a good teacher there, David Mahome. He's still on Facebook and I see him uh, he's actually a pretty cool guy uh, and then I, I enjoyed uh, economics a lot through that class and I switched it to uh, economics and then I said okay I'm not a numbers guy so this is just like once I got deeper I was like I'm out uh, and then I ended up through a friend of mine getting into real estate uh, I switched to real estate uh, my third time and after a while I started I got my license uh, I, I got to a point that I was selling 15 homes and properties a year and I just said okay forget this and I just went off and I didn't finish college so I just you know kind of like it was like a, a flowy situation uh, I would recommend for everyone to finish college I think it's very good not everybody you know has I guess the luck of meeting the people that I've met um, and just kind of like, you know, I just felt like my time was more invested, better invested into growing something than continuing to learn and learn and learn. Okay, so do you believe that it is necessary for someone to succeed in marketing industry to go to college or do you think it's better to actually go and do it in real life like practice it instead of just learning it in school because honestly from my experience i took already a couple marketing classes after having some experience in marketing and honestly like book like marketing from the book which what which is what teachers teach is completely different than what you learn in real life and most of the stuff that is in the book is like outdated and like that's not how stuff stuff works yeah, I think marketing is a very um, specific industry where it is extremely dynamic. 
very yeah, dynamic. Yeah. So every month there's a new platform, there's a new algorithm, there's a new system. These tools and these books, as you said, are a little outdated. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't learn fundamentals from it. Um, I think it just depends on the person. You know, if you're a self-starter and self-motivator, then you should be good, you know? And I seek knowledge despite, you know, me, you know, dropping out of college, I still seek knowledge, you know? I'll read books, I, read, I listen to podcasts all the time. I actually like to learn stuff, you know? Um, I enjoy learning, learning uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I just think everybody has their own way. You know, there's no, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to that. All right, makes sense. Um, all right, so you're as a leader in the marketing agency, you get to work directly with many, many businesses, probably in the hundreds already. So what do you see a lot of businesses doing wrong that is like stopping them from growing based on your experience? Um, uh, I think every business, depending on the level of the business, I don't want to say they're doing something wrong. I just think they may not know that they're doing something wrong. Uh, I think that the number one, uh, problem that I see is that there's no clear goals. Although that sounds very cliche, most people don't know what they want. You know, you know, unless it's like a typical e-commerce that they say, I just want to increase sales, but they don't know what they want. You know, um, we like to, you know, kind of hold you by the hand and explain to you and, and tell you this and this is the way that things should be. Um, I think having a, an internal marketing person is extremely important uh, that can connect in this case with an agency. I think a lot of businesses just kind of slide that to somebody else. Uh, I think the number one issue that I see is that they may not see marketing as an investment. They see marketing as a cost. I'm usually talking about here middle to lower size businesses. The big businesses that they know is an investment and they know they need it have you know different problems and they have the staff inside. They just don't know what to do. And a lot of times you have these big companies with all these resources that they want to throw all over the place. And believe it or not, those are the ones that you see the most lost and they have no idea what to do or where to start. They just want to do something. Uh, so those, there's big opportunity there. You know? Also, I noticed that you, you already said it too, that you're not really money driven person. And I noticed by talking to you and just spending time with you that you're in a mindset that you always want to like help people. So where this mindset of constant help came from? I think, well, I know, I think a lot of people have helped me along my path in life. Uh, so it's like a way of reciprocating it. That's the short answer. Uh, you know, it's not, I don't do it because it makes me feel good. I really do it just because it comes naturally, you know. Um, it's just something that I just, you know, do. Uh, and I don't expect anything in return. And I don't want to make it seem like I'm helping, you know, the world or anything either. You know, it's not like I'm, you know, Mother Teresa. But uh, I just, you know, if I see someone that needs something around me or and someone that I can help and, you know, it is what it is, I'll go out of my way to help them. And I enjoy it, you know. Uh, and I think that comes from people going out of their way to help me, you know, and they've done that a lot in my life. And that's, I'm very appreciative for that. I just kind of like a way of, you know, passing it forward. I mean, maybe you're not Mother Teresa, maybe you're not going to change the world, but like you got to start somewhere. And I think you already made a pretty significant impact when it comes to our local community here in Miami. So my next question is, what's your number one advice for people that want to start their career in the marketing industry? Maybe work at Heyday, maybe start their own agency? No, I would say my number one advice is work, and I learned this, it took me a while, work on your personal brand. 
work on your personal brand, uh, feel confident with yourself, get some easy wins. You know, once you do that, grows credibility. You have you believe in yourself more. Um, you have something to kind of like lean on. You know, I would probably start there because it separates you from the other. You know, that's just kind of like you know passerbyers you know that just kind of just going through the motion just trying to make a quick buck you know once you realize how hard it is to work on your personal brand and do something and get a couple quick wins um you appreciate the work it takes to be able to put in and you value the money that someone gives you to get them results but how would you say what is one of the best ways to build personal brand what where should people start well like what should they do actually Because this is like pretty vague. Just start personal brand. Yeah. So um, read up. Take some interviews. Go on a podcast. Um, go on better globally right here. Yeah, go on, go on a pod, come on a podcast. Uh, go to networking events. You know, and make sure people recognize you. Uh, You know, take an internship if you're young. Go, go. You know, make sure you make noise in the industry that people working on your personal brand doesn't necessarily mean opening a YouTube channel. It just means make sure that you're becoming people are becoming aware of you within your community. Go to you know, uh, give back events. Go to nonprofit events. Uh, go to the chambers. Uh, become a part of the chambers of events and try to do a, a speaking course. You know, try you know work on your personal skills that that you can use down the line. You know, run a paid media campaign for you on social media, and do a five step video progress of uh, you know how to do. You know, that's what where my mind would be at. You know, I would have started there um, because that lays the foundation for you down the line. You know, I started a little different. I started great. You know, straight. You know, going for clients. Yeah. Know? So you mentioned skills, and I think this is pretty important because I feel like a lot of people get it wrong, especially my peers, people around the same age. What skills do you think are necessary to succeed in business, in life in general, and like what maybe people should start with to actually, you know, because you can be valuable to the marketplace if you're not providing any value and to provide some kind of value and to have a skill. So what do you think is like most important? I think the most important thing in this day and age right now is being available. I don't know if that's considered a skill or not. Uh, you know, being a person of your word, you know, when you say you're going to do something, you know, get it done. Um, uh, being transparent is extremely important in this world, uh, in this industry. Um, and having good intentions, I think, you know, I don't know if those are skills, But uh, besides that, if you want like a, an actual skill, uh, being data savvy, very important. You know, um, all the tools out there that you can learn, you know, from the Facebook ads manager to the Google ads, uh, you know, all that stuff is extremely important. You need to know a little bit of everything. You know, if you want to be a leader here because, you know, you can, you know, support your team around you. Uh, eventually you end up hiring professionals and they teach you. Um, but I would start with that. Okay, so my next question is more about Heyday. So recently Heyday was ranked as 917th on the ranking of fastest growing private companies in America by Inc. 5000 or just Inc. So not a lot of agencies are able to achieve success like that. So what do you think separates Heyday from other agencies that allows Heyday to basically grow at such a fast pace and such a fast rate? 
Yeah, so we were awarded 914th place out of 5,000 companies, uh, over 5,000 that applied, but 5,000 that got selected uh, for 2022 and 5,000 award. Um, I think, I, and I ask myself the question all the time, what makes us different than the agency across the street? And sometimes it's hard for me to you know, distinguish that. But I think I figured, I figured it out in the last year and a half. And from what I see and I hear all these horror stories of other companies coming to us, um, number one, customer service. You know, they may not make a, it may not seem like a big difference, but it's a big difference. People like to be taken care of. People like to see that you're in there for them, that you're, you're, you're there day to day and you're available. You know, uh, customer service is number one. We hear agencies all the time. They don't respond to you. They don't pick up the phone. They don't call you back. Uh, they take three days to do a design. That's not us. You know, our people here will get back to you within an hour. Okay. Uh, number two, being results oriented. You know, we, before we bring any client in, we do a legit analysis with our digital team, with our social team, and make sure that we feel comfortable giving you results. If we don't feel comfortable giving you results, we'll either make you aware of that and have a meeting in the minds where you say, okay, this is a trial run or this is a test, and we're both okay with that. Or, and we say flat out, listen, this is not something that we see happening. This is not a viable product. And we don't feel comfortable being able to provide you results for the investment that you're going to make. Um, that's the way we handle stuff here. Um, and that's what I think has gotten us to you know that point. Okay, makes sense. And what would you say? You already had a pretty long career. You said you started working at 14. How old are you now? 36? About to turn 35 this Friday. 35. Wow. Okay, so... The birthday podcast right now. <laughs> Maybe it will be released on your birthday. We'll see. Um, so it's been 25 years. 25 years that you're basically working. And you already, you know, you were building up your character, building up your leadership skills and everything. So what would you say was one of the biggest challenges for you coming up to this point? Hmm, that's a, good, that's a very good question. I haven't been asked that before. My biggest challenge, you know what? My biggest challenge that I know is consistency, you know? And that's what I struggle with. A lot of times, you know, when you feel so good that you're just on a roll, doing everything well, everything is moving, everything's looking good, then that camera's off. All right, let's keep going. So, All consistency. Right. So, uh, consistency. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you're just riding high and you just kind of like... You, you kind of let go of the gas pedal a little bit and then you kind of come down. So my, my biggest struggle definitely is being consistent uh, and, and finding a balance uh, in my life. What personality traits helped you to get where you are today? Being a people person. I know that sounds very like general, but you know, just being a people person has definitely, you know, uh, being you know a person that people can talk to easily, and you know, you come off uh, and you are you know uh, honest and transparent and just kind of like you genuinely care and want to listen to people. That's definitely helped me the most. Okay, um, where do you see Heyday in like five years? So like, what do you think is like the end goal, if there's any? Yeah, so I think everybody has an end goal. Um, ideally, uh, want to grow this, uh, continue growing it beyond five years. 
Um, I see us uh, getting into different departments, uh, getting into different avenues. There's a lot of nice stuff happening with AI. There's a lot of nice stuff happening. Uh, you know, technology is changing all the time. Uh, so continuing to just become more diverse. You know, uh, we, we have a, a big angle with the Hispanic market, and we're working on some nice stuff with uh, the government. Uh, so that's kind of like where our, our head is right now. What are you excited the most about in the near future? What am I excited the most about in the near future? I mean, I'm excited every day. Uh, it doesn't really take much to, to get me going. Uh, you know, I'm happy waking up every day. Uh, you know, just, just happy that we have the opportunity uh, to continue doing what we do and that we're able to help others on our, on our way. Okay, and when you think about something like, you know, that may seem kind of far and more in a distant future, what gets you excited when it comes to that? I think I, I, what gets me excited is knowing how far we've come. So in those cases, I'm not a person that, you know, I don't get overly excited with scenarios and I, I don't show my emotions much. I'm pretty like, you know, you know, just in the middle. Um, but when I see how far we've come, even though I do, I do put a lot of pressure on myself to get better, uh, I do get excited to seeing, you know, give me another five years, three years, where would we be? You know, and if I can become a better person, a better leader, a better father, a better husband, a better friend, you know, how much further can this really go? All right. Um, let's say hypothetically, you never joined Heyday, you never worked here. What do you think you would be doing if this never happened? Uh, I'd probably be a CMO somewhere else, 100. I've gotten offers before. I've gotten offers before from local uh, big companies. I've gotten offers from Europe. Um, I'd probably be doing something like this some way, somehow. You know, I just feel it inside of me. I know. Uh, you know, and I get offers all the time through LinkedIn and Indeed uh, for me to you know do go off with somebody else. But you know, until the wheels fall off, is what I say. Okay. Um, do you believe money buys happiness? Negative. You know, I've been very, 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 very a lot of money in debt, and I've been super happy. And I've had a lot of money in the bank, and just still super happy, but doesn't really make a difference. You know, it's just a tool. It's just for fun. You know, um, it, it's what you make of it. You know, I can live on the bridge and be happy. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, I think it's what you make of it. You know. But why do you think you could be broke? You could live under the bridge and still be happy. Because I'll find a way to be happy. You know, just waking up for me, just waking up is it makes me happy. You know, so I'll go play basketball down the block and the beach. You know, and do my thing. I'll take a shower after. Play some pickup games yeah, somewhere. Be, yeah, I'll be cool with that. That's you know? enough. <laughs> That's enough for me. You know, uh, just the way I've always seen life is like that. All right, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty, like, very good view on life because a lot of people just chase materialistic things, which then once they get there, if they ever get there, they realize, oh, this is not what happiness looks yeah, like. You want more. That's what happens. It's happened to me. You get somewhere and you want more. You get somewhere and you want more. You get somewhere and you want more. You don't get to enjoy it, you know, until you look back and you're like, wow, you know, this has been pretty cool. Yeah, I also think a lot of people are getting it wrong because it's like all about the journey. It's not about the end destination. Like you need to enjoy the journey and then the destination, whatever goals you have, it will just taste better. Yeah, it does. And honestly, it doesn't last long. If you're that type of person, once you get there, you're going to enjoy it for 10, 15 minutes, a day or two days or a week or a month. And you're going to say, okay, what's next? So you're never going to be fulfilled. You're always going for more. You're always going for more. You're always going for more. And I think that's a very, it's a slippery slope, you know? What, of, what advice would you give to 18-year-old self? Oof, a lot. Okay, let's start with like 
couple. <laughs> Don't fuck up. No, I'm just playing. Uh, man, there's a lot of advice I would tell myself. I mean, I think fucking up is pretty important. Like, that's why, how it we is, learn, right? It is, it is, it is. I, I would say just, you know, trust the right people. You know, I'd probably go from there. Um, believe in yourself, you know. Uh, you know, even though, again, I'm a pretty carefree person. Um... And just let things happen, you know. Just don't, 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 don't rush, you know, to to get to the next level so fast. You know, kind of enjoy what you're doing, and enjoy what you what's going on around you. Yeah, like Gary Vee says, just patience. Always, it's about yeah, patience. Yeah, I'm not a patient person. I'm just not. You know? Yeah, me neither. But we gotta like some yeah. somehow get through it. What keeps you going every day? Like, what gets you out of bed every morning with a smile on your face? Probably my family, you know, I'd say, you know, just ha seeing them happy and, and, and what we have in the future going on, you know, um, my daughter, my wife, my dog, you know, being able to come here to a nice team, my coworkers, my friends. I think the, the, the love I have around me is what keeps me going, you know. All right. All right. Let's stop the success topic. Um, any failed ventures or like businesses that you started, maybe like on the side that just didn't work out yeah we have a couple um i don't think they didn't work out i just think i just stopped caring about them to focus on this you know uh so with a real estate brokerage kind of fell in fell out you know after the agency i had to notice that i had to put more time into this i couldn't do two things at once um i think that'd probably be the biggest failure other than that you know i've never really like tried to dabble into so many things like that either I'm a big believer that life-changing moments basically happen when something tragic or just something very bad happens in your life. So what would you say were some of your life-changing moments if you'd like to share it? So I'd say number one, having a daughter of 17 years old is very shocking. You know, that's something that you're like, okay, you got to kind of step up. Um, and when I was like 21, my parents passed away. So that kind of like makes you a little bit more, you know, independent. That would say those, definitely those two. Are you happy? Am I happy? 100%. 100%. No doubt. No doubt. Can I be happier? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm what, sure I could. What do you think would bring you more happiness? Free time. I would say. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice for sure. More free time, more time to play. I'm a guy who, I'm a, I'm a little kid. You know, if you just, you know, let me play all day long, I'll play all day long. That's never, that's never left me. That's funny. Uh, all right. I think this is my last question that relates to the whole purpose of the podcast. Better Global is basically the art. We explore art of becoming better in every way. So how would you say how to become better globally in every way when it comes to life, relationships, business, how to live more happy and more meaningful life? I would say 100% get involved in your community. It sounds very cliche again, and everyone talks about it. Get involved with your community. Actually help people around you. Do some volunteer work. Really go out of your way to see what's out there and actually, you know, help help people around you, you know? Okay. For anyone that wants to follow you, message you, ask you any questions, what's the best place to reach you? What's your like Instagram or no, whatever you want to share? You know, give me a phone call or text me directly at my phone number 305-224-2210. I try to pick up every call and re response back. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you. Ma thank you so much for joining me today, Eduardo. 
Yeah, and for everyone that is listening, tune in to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you listen to, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank Excellent. you so much. A pleasure, man. Let's keep it going.